Hello and welcome to another episode of the Solo Powered Podcast with me, Ariana Dunn. This is a podcast that celebrates doing things solo, whether that be solo travel, solo business venture, solo journey to parenthood, single by choice, solo pursuits of passion, or solo adventures. Remember, this is not about living a lonely life. This is about living the most full life on your terms. So I've talked about my motivation for wanting to do this podcast based off of numerous things that I myself love to do solo. I've done solo travel trips with my little dog Molly. I bought a home on my own, set up my own solopreneur businesses. I'm thinking about maybe having a baby and I'm also single by choice. But one of the other things that I really love to do on my own is to get out into nature. I adore grounding myself, connecting with the earth. Sometimes if I'm feeling a little bit down, I'll go and find a tree and simply hug it. It's one of my favorite things to do to make me feel instantly better. I know that COVID was a really difficult time for many people, but for me, what I loved about COVID was seeing the parks full of people and how so many of us reconnected with nature and were getting out on daily walks, sometimes two or three times a day. I had lived in Lucan, which is a beautiful leafy area of West Dublin. And even though I had lived there for a number of years, what I loved about COVID was just ambling down random streets and random avenues and finding new parks and new forests and babbling brooks and all of these amazing things that are on our doorstep and how lucky we are to live in Ireland, which is so leafy and so green. At the bottom of my road is St. Catherine's Park, which is a beautiful um, big park with the River Liffey running through it, with fairy walks and beautiful Hereford cattle. They have lovely markets in the summertime, but they also have wild garlic that is just in abundance as spring and summer comes in. I recently went and did some foraging and collected some wild garlic and made my own delicious spicy wild garlic pesto, which I made a reel of and put up on Instagram. But it's something that I really love to do more of. When I was traveling last year, I found myself traveling around foreign woods, foreign mountains, along, along the beach and wondering what all of these wonderful plants, herbs and flowers were that I knew absolutely nothing about. Therefore, I am so excited to have, and as I'm a big fan of alliteration, I will call her the fabulous Phoebe Foran from Forager. Phoebe is a phenomenal lady who um, started up her own business, which is all around wellness, using beautiful plants and flowers to help aid people's skin conditions and just make people feel and look better. She also um, operates foraging walks along the River Dodder. She has been dubbed the Green Witch of Dublin. Um, And I'm really excited to hear her story and for her to tell us about how she came up with this fabulous idea of using Irish plants that is so in abundance to us, but that we simply overlook. Um, I'm really excited to talk to her about her mission to try and get as many people back out into nature, even if you are on your own, being solo, walking out there, not being afraid to uh, embrace a forest walk or whatever it is that you want to do so Phoebe you're so welcome to the podcast thank you so much for coming thank you so much for having me I'm really thrilled to be here (laughs) (laughs) and to chat all things plants because it's something that I can talk about until the cows come home brilliant (laughs) well I tell you one of the motivations for me as I said to do this podcast is uh, obviously as I'm I'm a life coach and a career coach and I 
teach coaching and I have been privy to lots of coaching sessions when I've heard people talking about things like wanting to lose weight or get healthy and talking about the first step maybe be going for a walk but a lot of people saying that they don't want to go for a walk on their own and that they don't have anyone to go for a walk with and it kind of stops a lot of people and that really you know is a big mission of me on this podcast is to try and get people to do things on their own and not be afraid of that and the first thing that we can do is to get out into nature and 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 and, you know embrace that so talk to me about it's it's actually the most accessible amenity that we have nature it's there for everybody and we don't have to pay for it yeah nobody owns it and it's there for us all to use and for me getting out into nature is my grounding source if I'm having a tough day having a tough week if I'm I I would tend to get cluttered in my head if I'm really busy that's going out into nature and taking a walk uh, is exactly what clears my mind Mm. and I always come back knowing what I'm going to do next Mm. not even going out to do for exercise it's going out actually just for connection um so that's what I would do I me and my little dog Sika I have a whippet boy and he's the love of my life (laughs) and we go out and I don't tend to wear earpods or earphones Mm. or music I listen to birdsong I listen to the sound of the leaves the trees around me and I try and take in what nature is giving to me because it's always always giving and it's just a matter of us actually just taking that in because it's the most grounding source that we can actually have and I think it's just one of those things that people do we get a little bit nervous about going out and doing it on their own Mm. um so um I started doing the foraging walks as a means to help people to understand that you this is this is your this is your gateway Mm. once you start doing it you're you go fly free fly free um whereas it can be a little bit daunting especially when you're foraging things you don't know what they are or you're like I don't know what this plant is I don't know how to get started sometimes having someone just kind of bring you along on this little journey starts you off so that you can go and fly free with it amazing and yeah I love that you touched on I'm the same I don't wear ear ear pods very rarely or sometimes I might want to you know kill two birds with one stone and listen to some podcasts you know solo powered podcast (laughs) but um but you know I do I I specifically like to listen to the to nature and listen to the birds and just kind of connect with yourself and your own thoughts and you know absolutely as you say work things out um so that's a really good good shout but yeah tell us about these foraging walks I'm so intrigued and I'm <laughs> definitely going to do one um I saw you're doing ones with girls called wild but also would love to book um one of your ones directly with you as well so tell us about you them know and what they're, to expect. the walks to me as because my business is quite varied I have lots of different things happening yeah. from the skincare range I do different talks and stuff like that and help people to connect with nature but the walks for me are almost like a gift to myself to be quite honest (laughs) because all these people come along who are so interested in nature and when I say I bring people on foraging walks it's not botany 101 Mm. it's not back to like this is how we understand the constituents of this plant it's this is what this plant is how do we get to to use it this is how I can make a shampoo out of it how can I make a tea to take care of my hay fever Mm -hmm. how can I use this for you know my psoriasis or my eczema really really practical and fun folkloric tips because I I really feel that we tend to lose a lot of our um our our history and our folklore when we don't connect with nature mm. and like our Irish wildlife is just so so rich with stories from the past from little words and sayings that we say like I always bring it back to the saying fresh as a daisy mm. There's a reason that we use this saying fresh as a daisy. It's because daisies contain a specific enzyme that takes dead skin cells from your face mm. leaving you looking fresh as a daisy (laughs) so there's all of these little things that we use in our daily vernacular that 
we just don't realize where they've come from but yeah. they're there for a reason so i like to help people to connect with all of these different things so it's not just this is what this plant does that's that's how you recognize it it's how you can actually i like to call it heal feel and connect lovely with nature in a really really gentle way and it doesn't necessarily mean that when you go on a foraging walk that you have to go and forage 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 mm-hmm. um i like to tell people that they can photo forage mm. they can take a photograph of things you don't need to pick plants but if you don't if you don't need them if you're not going to be using them leave them there for the bees but it's nice to give them that little a little hat tip mm-hmm. and recognize them and honor their virtues by having that little bit of information about them mm-hmm. so we go and we do this gorgeous walk and it's through like an urban setting at the start and so that's so that people who live in housing estates can go ah that so that's what that plant is growing at the base of that tree or the base of those lampposts or coming out of the cracks in the wall at the side <laughs> of my house or in my back garden and then we bring it all the way along down to the daughter which we in fear house we have this beautiful daughter greenway it's part of this big greenway and that's been developed and it's the most gorgeous gorgeous walk there's herons there's kingfishers there's a resident otter down there sometimes and it's teeming with wildlife and wildflowers and wild plants so then so it's kind of that that polarizing difference between a housing estate versus a really wild area and to show people that nature is everywhere and just to be able to have these little moments of snippets of things that you can learn as you're going along really just enriches your everyday walk Mm. I think a lot of people during COVID had that, you know, got very, very intimate with their local 2K and their local 5K just for peace of mind to get out and walk. Yeah. And in most cases, we're like we're creatures of habit. You'll end up walking the same loop o- over and over again. You know yourself, if you're just trying to get your steps in, you know, you do your normal loop. But if you can then add to that route, oh, that's what that plant is. And then I can recognize that one next time I'm going along my walk or I know what that one does not it's little bite-sized chunks of information that just enrich mm. your daily walks. And you know what? It's just, it's mad. And I don't know whether it was like weird coincidence knowing that I was m- m- going to be meeting you later on today, but I was out earlier on a walk with my dog, Molly, going through the um, housing estate. And I got this whiff of this smell as I walked by this plant. And I actually just stopped and I picked it and I and I brought it to my nose and it was the most unusual smell and I didn't know what it was. And then next to it, there was a rosemary plant. And it's really interesting because a lot of, um that uh, th- there's a lot of new houses that have been built around where I am in the in the Lucan area and a lot of the landscapers and the people who have been sort of you know making the area look nice with the gardening have planted a lot of like herbs so yes. there's verbena plants there's like heather there's rosemary there's you know sage like there's all it, and it's so gorgeous it's to see. so gorgeous but I, I don't think people are even aware of it no like and they're growing in abundance beside the playgrounds but we are so as humans we become so like robotized almost most that we just we don't see mm. what's around we don't sort of smell we're not in touch with our senses enough I don't think I think it's a fast life we are all so busy and now I don't have any children but I see friends of mine who have kids they're constantly on the go they're going from work then they have to go and collect the kids from here and then they're bringing them to the to the football matches my brother seems to be always on the go dropping kids yeah. here and there all over the place and it can be hard to take that moment to slow down and mm. connect when everything in your life feels like I just need to get from A to B, from B to C to C to D. Mm. But having like having that little chat with yourself that kind of goes, do you know what? I need to take a little, a little slow down and actually start to notice what's around me mm. and to 
like drink it in basically because it's there for you for a reason and there is a reason that when you go out into nature that you always come back feeling better mm. we we vibrate on a completely different level after being in nature and it's not just because of the fresh air mm. it's because of all the things that we see it's the vibration of the ground it's the trees it's the sounds mm. it's the birds it's the animals that are around you and we naturally pick up on these vibrations mm. and these frequencies just not everyone is able to or ready to or have the time to tune into totally. that so I think it's a real gift to give yourself to take that moment and go do you know what I need this yeah and I deserve this yeah and I'm going to just let it into my life yeah and I think that's a really good point you know because we I've talked about like you don't need to be single or childless or you know anything in order to be able to enjoy soloism right so mm. so doing things solo and I think a lot of people who are very busy and who are mums I see it a lot on Instagram with a lot of a, a fabulous wonderful beautiful you know maternal mums who love their children who are suddenly kind of finding themselves again and recognizing the importance and the need for them to have time on their own and that it's okay for that to happen and seeing a lot of them you know go, you know putting time aside for themselves to do exercise or to go to the gym or to get out for that walk and I think as you said you know what I would love is for these mums to go out on a walk and not to start thinking about what uniforms need to be washed or what lunch needs to be packed the next day but to actually tune into the nature and give them as you said that that gift it's stolen time for yourself yeah and it's 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 theft well worth <laughs> well worth the punishment because the punishment is only good stuff yeah um I, I for myself like I got myself a little allotment in the Dublin mountains um just on the cusp of covid and at the time I was after moving back to Dublin, uh, break up of a relationship where I was growing up, growing all my own vegetables down down the country. And when I got back to Dublin, I was after landing in suburbia Dublin mm. and realized, how am I going to create this big chunk of my identity that has been left in this past relationship? How am I going to recreate the parts that I need? Mm. Not the parts that I didn't need, mm. but the parts that I need. And one of which being growing and being in touch with nature and when I say in touch with nature I mean physically having my hands in muck because to me that is the most grounding thing for me mm. if like I know my nails are done today but I tell you they're normally covered in muck but for me to be able to actually connect with nature so I asked a few of my friends because I was just out of a relationship I was a little bit fragile as most people are and I said does anyone want to get an allotment with me and we can do it together and it can be something that we do and I was getting oh yeah yeah I'll do that with you I'll do that with you and then I was like do you know what this is going to be mine great and so I contacted the guy who runs the allotments and I was like I need to do this for me and he's like yeah no that's great he goes have you got any uh, growing experience and I was like ah listen I've grown a few bits that's grand come on up and I'll give you your plot and I arrived up on my own to see this plot and I tell you it was pretty daunting at the start because I'd only ever grown stuff with a partner mm. to now all of a sudden this was mine mm. and no breakup can swipe this out from underneath me mm. and I can make this the way that I want to do it mm. and uh, so me well me and Sika he's my other <laughs> my <laughs> other half my dog um me and him we just literally spent all of our time in the peace and quiet digging holes putting in the physical work when I tell you like especially during COVID because you couldn't do anything else and I was really really lucky that my allotment fell 2.2 kilometers from my house wow. that I was able to go up there and it's a naturally socially distant 
activity yes um so I'd go up there and I I kind of treated it as almost like my job during COVID I'd get up at nine o'clock in the morning make me egg mayonnaise sandwiches <laughs> and go up and stay up there for the day and I can tell you it was the best therapy that I could have had because the actual act of physically doing something that you can see a tangible result for mm. straight away for me is amazing that's what I need is to have that one the connection of nature but also that whole thing of when your world feels a bit twirly and upside down when mm. you don't really know what's coming next if you put seeds into the ground they will grow mm. and that's something that you can physically you know see you can mm. see it happening which gives you a lot of heart especially mm. when you're at a stage in your life when you're going I don't know what's coming next mm. what's happening to me mm. <laughs> but I think it is that a whole idea of like sometimes when our world turns upside down we um have difficulty kind of seeing the future what the future looks like we have to grieve um a future that we thought would happen that is no longer happening but what something like nature does or growing something is it it brings in that seasonality and it teaches you again that like there will be a spring there will be a summer things will grow again you know where where there was nothing is now abundance of beauty and I think that's like such a beautiful lesson when you're feeling in any way sad absolutely like to me um I I always say like mother nature is the only influencer that I follow (laughs) and I trust her implicitly because she doesn't lie you know exactly where you stand with nature you know what's going to happen next and she knows what's going to happen next even if you don't Mm. and um I think it's something that a lot of people cling to is that uh, when when things like that I I lost my dad five years ago and like that as well when things felt upside down Mm. for me I clung to nature because Mm. I did I didn't know what I was doing myself I can tell you there's about a year of he passed away after an 11 day illness Mm. so quick quick as a whip and after during that time I definitely went into a deep freeze but for me to be able to thaw through nature meant that I was actually had something that was holding me down to the ground Mm. and keeping me connected otherwise I would have just floated away like a balloon yeah you know that was something that really really just made me feel like I can trust in this I can hold on to this Mm. and this will bring me through Mm. yeah I'm so sorry about your dad I mean I lost my dad 16 years ago um, but he died within nine months of of a cancer diagnosis but 11 days is so fast and I can imagine the the, the turmoil that must must cause but you know reading your story I I, I saw how you sought solace in in nature and you know that grounding that we sort of have have talked about it a, a, a few times and I think you know it's it's beautiful as well. And you know, I know you mentioned not having kids. I don't have kids. But I think we can, even if we don't, if we aren't physically mothers to children, we can still be extremely maternal in our desire to nature and to nurture. And I think that was something that you did with the, with the allotment, right? Absolutely. Because you're nurturing all the time. You're nurturing yeah. everything that you're putting into the ground. You're nurturing mm-hmm. everything grows. I'm a dog mom. Yeah, I nurture same. my my little darling, my little darling. Yeah. I have nieces and nephews, but also like I like I I have my friends. I am surrounded by people that are amazing, and we all nurture each other. Exactly. And um, I like to think that I'm a collector of awesome humans, <laughs> and I have the best circle of people around me, yeah. and I'm constantly recruiting new ones. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but it, but the thing is, like, we all nurture each other. Yeah. So I think being a, a mother or like does a ne- a mother figure like there's definitely um people that I know who are much younger than me who I feel like a bit of a, a mama bear yes. too that because you want to mind them and you want to take care of them and all that yeah but that I t- to me having kids was never something that was in my ether yeah it was never something that it was I had a I've never had that drive to want to have a baba mm. um t- 
my I, I adore my nieces and nephews uh, or my niece and my nephews and I adore my friends kids it's just not something that yes. has ever been the connect to me but I I don't think that that is what makes me not be a mother figure well this is exactly it I mean you know I've had uh, you know I the podcast is yet to air but I've had Lucy Meganson who um has her own podcast in the UK called Spinsterhood Reimagined where she is uh, creating this this fantastic podcast for women who are single and child free as she as she likes to call them and like that is a big part of of, of you know uh, future episodes for for this podcast as well as that idea of like going through life solo and that's okay too right we don't have to follow this like relationship escalator or we don't have to follow this like societal norms of what people put put on us but by the same token you know I feel a very very much maternal energy from you and you know I think that is the mother nature in you uh, you know yeah yeah I I like that's the thing like I I don't think not having a a, a baby makes you any less yeah. of a, a, a like an earth mother <laughs> yeah so yeah. yeah no I I nurture my plant babies I yeah. nurture my dogs <laughs> yeah absolutely and I loved and I love that like I am not green fingered at all I grew up in a in a house where we were not gardeners um but I have a little balcony garden and I and I and again weirdly enough I don't know if it was because I knew that I was meeting you I did plant some flower bombs yesterday in my little um in my little planters planter pot pot things but it's not even even that act of doing that isn't it so lovely it's so lovely and get your hands dirty yes and feel the soil yeah and to know that I'm putting down something and in a little while this is going to be gorgeous yeah and the packaging was like these wildflower bombs and it said I'm really thirsty so I really I I need I you know let let me have plenty of water and like it was speaking to like like it was like a real thing you know which was so cute and I was very worried and I remember I bought this plant a house plant when I first moved into my apartment and I my brother put these shelves up on the wall for me and I had this little plant and I put it on one of the shelves and literally like I want to say probably about like two months later I, I looked at this poor little thing and I had one leaf left on it right and I felt awful I mean it was dry as bone murderer murderer (laughs) and I picked up the plant and I went to my bin and I opened up my bin lid and I hovered with the plant about to throw it in and I went no you know I'm gonna save this (laughs) I actually feel emotional talking about it but like I swear to god I did I was like I'm gonna save this and I I apologized to the plant I said I am so sorry that like that I did this to you and I and I gave it loads of water and I put it by the window and it is the most beautiful little plant now oh, and it back to life brought it back to life and like it, it's green leaves and you know she sits on my and, she, and I recently repotted her and put her in another one and it, like isn't that I feel gorgeous? I feel maternal towards that yeah. plant <laughs> so you should yeah absolutely and like as a, as a herbalist that's that's what I that's what I do my my normal my normal job now um we have this huge belief that by having that connection and and listening to that connection with plants absolutely feeds you both yeah it feeds the plant and it feeds you yeah. so when I go out and forage and it's funny um because there's there's a gentleman across the road from me who collects some daisies for me from his garden now before he cuts the grass because he feels bad because I've <laughs> like do, Brendan if I see you cutting those daisies <laughs> so he goes I, I I've came home the other day and there was a little bag of daisies on my front porch and I was like where, where are these after coming from and he goes did you get the daisies and he goes and I asked and I told him thank you as well oh, and I'm like well, thank oh my you gosh much. so 
thank the daisies and give yes. them a smile. Well, you see, look, I think, you know, King Charles was recently coronated over in our neighbour, uh, over in the UK. Um, but I think he kind of almost put a bad name on kind of, because he has talked about, he's so involved in nature and he's talked about tree hugging and talking to plants and all that kind of thing. And people used to sort of slag him off about it, you know, but I actually just think that we need to reclaim that and actually, you know, have it for what it is, which is well, a wonderful ab- ab- thing. Absolutely. Like, even if you look at the Chelsea Garden or uh, Flower Fair and stuff like that that are happening, um, and we have bloom coming up as well yes. um, in the Phoenix Park. And this year, for a lot of these big garden shows that are like huge, huge, big, big mo- events in like the horticultural calendar, they're all championing wild weeds. Yes. They're all championing. They're actually, I think in the Chelsea Flower Show, they're calling them hero plants. Oh, lovely. Which I think is really nice. And yeah. like for me, they're the plants that I work with. Yes. Like I have my allotment, I grow my veggies, I grow my medicinal plants for my for my medicines that I make. But also I really encourage the wild stuff to grow yeah. alongside it because these are the ones that are absolutely chock full of medicine yeah. and the ones that will take care of you. And they, Mother Nature gives so much of them. They so, give so freely of them because they grow bloody everywhere. Yes. Yeah. And I can see that again in the local area where I am in, in Lucan, the, the new parks that are opening up, they're all wildflower parks and they're all like there's signs everywhere that like sort of the wildflowers. And I remember being out in Swords recently and all along the Swords, um, uh, dual cat, like the, the roadway coming into Swords is all beautiful wildflowers. They're just so gorgeous. I just, I, and the bees, the bees, we need to save the bees. So like <laughs> the more wildflowers we can, we can have. Um, but it's funny because I, I said that I wasn't green fingered, but again, I was thinking, thinking today as I was driving into me when I was a child my mum would like laugh if she was here because I was always making perfume for my mum from the poppies and the oh, daisies I remember and those do you remember days. those days where you would like gather up all of the and put them into this like and you container felt like a little what, witch fairy absolutely felt like a little apothecary you know yeah. witch fairy and I would present this perfume to my mother and she would say thanks and then as soon as my head was turned <laughs> it'll be in the bin thing, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> or you know I was always making picture art from flowers you know pressed flowers and things like that so it was always something that I kind of had an interest in and I'm really excited to reignite it now by doing some of these walks with you but talk to us about your your wellness business your beauty your skincare range and and, yeah. and all of that and how because um episode four of this podcast we had Gordon Hickey on um from Container Coffee who he was singing your praises to me the other <laughs> night um, I know that you're working with him on a kind of one-to-one basis as well with yes. his skincare and he was telling me all about his nettle tea that he's been enjoying he is my best patient <laughs> he is but, doing yeah. all his homework correctly <laughs> and I and I met you um well not, I was gonna say for the first time not for the first time but I met you again more recently at the Dublin flea market or yes. well, well what is the you know in the market that's in the digital, the digital hub. hub um selling your stunning uh, stunningly packaged as well oh, thanks, uh, skincare range so yeah talk to us about that so um I started Forager uh, that's the name of my, my my brand I started Forager in my kitchen it's still made in my kitchen and it actually kind of started a bit like as a as a hobby not necessarily something that I was going to do as a business it was during Covid so when people were starting to do their sourdough starters and they were starting to learn to paint and they were starting to bake over COVID because we all had this time mm-hmm. to try and you know do things that we that we never mm-hmm. really got around I to. I made a lot of banana bread. A lot of banana bread exactly um yeah I started making potions in my kitchen now as I said I'm I'm, I'm a herbalist but 
I had never really done it on this kind of a scale. And I it was more so that there were people like friends of mine were like, Jeannie Mac, I've got really bad psoriasis or I've got, I keep getting bites or I've got arthritis or I keep getting these headaches. And um, they're like, Phoebe, can you do anything for me? So I'm like, Asher, oh, sure, look, I'll give it a lash. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> give it a lash, Jack. I give it a lash for that rash. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I started kind of making things for people, little little pots, little tiny little jam jars. And um as I said, I'd lost my dad a few years ago and I know this sounds a bit odd, but I wanted him to be included in this process. So um, all of the, the lids, I, I, I covered the lids um, with little cutout circles from his shirts. Oh, wow. And so this I was, thought you were going to see some of his ashes or oh, something. Geez, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, you've all got bits of my dead dad all over you. Like, no, they were bits of his shirts <laughs> and bits of fabric that I had. So I was like, oh, no, that's so, so nice. sustainable. And um, love it. He, he had great style. Like. Ah. And so this is what we were, me and my mom, we would cut out these little circles and tied around almost like a little jam jar you know wow, with a little fabric on top lovely. that was a very early stages wow. of forager and uh, I started doing these kind of craft markets because um as I was making these things just for my friends I'd be you know up in super value or you know with my mask on and people like are you the witch who can make the stuff for your for your arm or <laughs> come here you can you make me something I heard you can make these creams and it kind of just organically organically grew and I was yeah. like yeah I can if you want me to and then I was like all right, okay, maybe there's something in this. So uh, when we came out of the first lockdown, I started doing uh, craft markets mm. um, with these tiny little pots and was selling them because um, and I, it was actually as much of a surprise to me as to anybody else that it, it took off because I think there was this whole thing of people connecting with nature in a different way during mm. COVID. Like that again, the 5K, having to be like taking solace in your garden and also, it's a hat tip to these old, old Irish remedies that would have been passed down from granny to granny to granny mm. to granny to granny and then just kind of get forgotten about. Mm. So I think people really like the idea of, you know, bringing this back. And especially at a time when we were lashing a lot of chemicals onto our hands, lots of hand sanitizer, mm. that this was a way that I can actually do something a little bit gentle mm. for my skin. Um, so I started to develop the range. And um, it got bigger and bigger, <laughs> as I said, as much of a surprise to me as anywhere else. And um, I'm now stocked in beautiful stores that I can't, I, I never dreamed of being in. Like I'm in the Meadows and Burns, I'm in um, uh, the Kilkenny Designs with Ryuzi, um, Foxford Woolen Mills, um, Project 29 here in Dublin and lots of, lots of uh, stores, about over 35 stores around the country. Wow. And I've got three stockists in the States. It's just grown into something magnificent um obviously I don't use bits of my dad's shirt (laughs) but um yeah I rebranded and there I have beautiful sustainable pots um everything is refillable and it's all made with completely natural ingredients uh, which is really important to me and they harness the medicine of these plants so for example um the one that Gordon would have been chatting about I use I make a I make a um a balm called skin saver and that's for people who would suffer with uh, eczema and psoriasis and the plant that I use is called chickweed terrible name for such a beautiful little flower it's folk name is little lady star which i think is so much nicer um but chickweed will only grow where there's cracks in the earth so say for example at the base of a lamppost or broken broken soil around the base of a tree and nature has a way of telling you how it wants to help you Mm. so if you imagine something that only grows where there's cracks in the earth if you were to look at someone's skin who has eczema and psoriasis it's 
their skin will look like cracked earth it cracks so this plant knows exactly what to do so it helps to draw out all of the itch and helps to soothe it over and helps the skin to repair itself like there are there are problems like that that are autoimmune disease it's not like something i'm ever going to be able to say to you i can fix you Mm. and you're going to be done forever but i can certainly help you to manage it in a natural way amazing and i know we were talking about you had this mum bum uh, (laughs) (laughs) which you know i mean not often people talk about piles and hemorrhoids on podcast but that that we're here to make it sexy okay? yeah absolutely <laughs> but you you showed me uh, in the market the plant that it comes from and you said exactly that you said nature always knows and the the the, 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 the root of the plant is yes yeah. that is so it's a it's, plant called lesser celandine and if you're listening to this google lesser celandine root okay <laughs> because the root of the lesser celandine plant which only grows now in spring it's this time of year in may start of spring it's called spring messenger because it's a sign that that spring and better weather is coming but the only part that I that I'd use is tends to be the root and the root looks like piles it does it looks remarkable little like. bunch of grapes yeah and that's the part that I use so I I chop it all up and I pull all the medicine out of it and it can be used for people for with internal and external piles wow but how did you find that I mean this is one one of the like because I'm I love folklore and I'm so patriotic I'm huge I'm I'm a celebrant but I'm called the Celtic celebrant.ie which is my, my my website and I do a lot of like hand fasting ceremonies which is you know the oldest tradition in Ireland where we get the term tying the knot and I love etymology of words as he's talked about as well the fresh as the daisy I think we need to recruit each other as friends here Phoebe uh, <laughs> you've this, already been scooped in yeah. <laughs> But um, but I love Brehan Law and I love like the way in which um, tradition really years and years ago before kind of Christianity came to Ireland, we were we were Brehans and we were so connected with the earth and with nature. And it and I think, you know, Ireland, I remember my, a friend of mine interviewed David Attenborough and he was talking about how Ireland is such a unique little place in the fact that we have so many plants and so many such a big biodiversity of a land um, because of our positioning in, in the world literally mm-hmm. um, and it's so sad that we don't know that much about it except for wonderful people like you so you know talk to me about being like a herbalist or like what how do you study how do you know that this plant can make you know oh, fixed gosh. piles well <laughs> let me tell you uh, from the outset that I, I don't think anyone in the world knows enough about plants yeah I think you can live 10 lifetimes and still never know enough so um although I'm a herbalist now I will continue to study for the rest of my life mm. because well one I just drink up the information about plants because I'm that I am that plant geek but it is it tends to be like if you were to bring me into a cultivated garden beautiful manicured lawns I wouldn't have a clue nice. what I'm looking at I'd probably be able to say you know that looks like from the geranium family that looks from such and such but I it's the, the cultivated beautiful ones the ornamentals haven't got a box yeah it's the wild ones that absolutely fascinate me mm. and these are the ones that keep growing back in your garden and as a herbalist we believe we tend to believe that plants that grow closest to you are there for a reason mm. they're there because you need them oh so gosh, to listen to lovely. what's growing in your garden and to take that time to instead of just going out and going oh, just have to weed all those flowers oh, that are grown all around roses or they're all around this plant and pulling them all out maybe just take a moment and think what what is this plant wow. what does it do how can it help me what's what is what is nature trying to tell me here yeah. so i'll give you an example my mom, she's always suffered with like bronchial complaints and um, chest infections every year and all that jazz. And um, there's one plant that I always treat her with. I make tinctures from um, called mullen. 
mullein is a super furry plant and it's um like almost like felt if you were to touch mm. it if anyone knows plants like a lamb's ear really really soft um but plants that are really soft like that um have a way of telling you what they want to help you with mm. so if you can imagine furry complaints I know this sounds a bit mad. It doesn't mean you have to go get your bikini wax or your legs wax. <laughs> it's more so like uh, if you had a chest infection or snotty nose or whatever, it's got your your organs, your lungs or your whatever, your your respiratory system has a coating, a furry mm. coating on mm, it of mm. mucus. So there's plants like that. Furry, furry plants will help with furry mm, complaints. Wow. So this plant mullen that I always treat my mum with, um, it's not one that you will find everywhere or anything like that, but there's a tiny little corner in, in the front garden that's almost like the, the closest bit of grass that grows before you get into the front door. And in this tiny little corner, a mullen plant is, wow. after, is after appearing. <gasps> Don't ask me how it got there. A bird might have dropped it wow. or whatever, but this plant is now growing in our front garden and it's like it's in the closest part of the front door. It, it's trying to get into the house. Wow. To her. Wow. So it's Jesus. this whole thing of just listening of yeah. what's there and how can I use it? Yeah. And only by like, like by chatting to people or by kind of educating yourself by going long on foraging walks or looking up like little YouTube things or following people online who chat about plants. It, it can't there there are really intimidating plant people out there and it can be re, like it can feel like a bit of um uh, uh unobtainable kind of a place to be because generally when you're chatting to plant people they tend to know an awful lot mm. but there's also people who just want to share mm. information mm. um i don't like to gatekeep knowledge on what i learn i don't think i don't think anyone in the nature world should gatekeep information about plants because it's there for everybody mm. and it's there for all of our benefits and in my eyes if i can help someone understand plants like 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 orden mm. he's now going out and he's foraging his nettles every second day mm. he's making his 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 nettle tea and mm. he's seeing the benefit for it in his life if you can actually start doing that yourself like mm. I could easily say to Gordon, you can come up to me and I can give you nettles every second day yes. and you can buy them off me. Yes. They're free in your garden or sure. in the, down the road in the local park. If you can do that, then you're one, having the connection with nature and you're doing it yourself and it's it's a free resource that's giving of itself. Sure. And you talk about being a herbalist, almost like it's an identity, like, you know, and I, I mean, like I say, did you, did you, are you self-taught? Is that like? No, no, I've, no. I've, I've I'm, <laughs> I study, I study to be, to be a herbalist. Like there's different ways that you can study to be a herbalist from going, getting degrees in it. You can be a community herbalist. There are people who are self-taught. Um, I'm currently in my clinical year where I'm taking clients and like that with Gordon mm -hmm. and I help people to work through true processes like you don't need to do that level of if, if you don't if you don't want to you sure. can actually just learn about the plants but that's what I'm focusing on now because um, I'm kind of looking into my future that when I'm when I'm not going to be standing over the cauldron every single day making my these pots of bams I would like to have this lovely practice where yes. people can come to me and I can help them and give back and have this lovely connection with nature that helps people to connect and to heal yeah so this kind of like the future planning as yeah. well but it is very rewarding when you get to chat to people and them come to you when they're at the end of their tether going I've been on all these medications for years I've been taking steroids for so long mm. and they come to me I don't know what else to do and you can actually really help them and they give you a call after a couple of weeks and go I cannot believe that I'm feeling so much better mm. and I like always say 
I, I wish I could say that it's me who's made better. <laughs> I really wish it was me, but it's not. It's these plants. They just yeah. know what to do. But it's it's really interesting because of what you were saying, they resonated so, so much with me as a coach, you know, when you work with someone who wants to like help their future and look into, you know, you want to help a pe- help someone to feel better about themselves and to, you know, achieve their goals or to overcome an obstacle. And like, it feels so, we get such a buzz from that. And obviously it's the same feeling that you get as Huge, well in terms hugely of being able to help like, someone. Um, like I, I, I get called, the green witch and I actually like it (laughs) um and the thing is about being a green witch is that you are you 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 do no harm you're here to help and you work with nature you work with the what with wildlife with animals by connecting with nature and helping other people to connect with nature and to me that's like there's there's nothing better that I can do with with my little space in my world mm. than to help other people mm. and mm. to connect and if it makes you turn into a plant geek so be it but <laughs> it means that you actually get out and you're able to actually enjoy life in such a lovely wholesome wholesome mm. way mm. and you know I think like I think sometimes that kind of like foraging for me um really became it came into foraging as a word I suppose came into my vocabulary um in chefing terms so you know when the likes of Noma in Copenhagen was you know voted the best restaurant in the world it was recognized as being like a foraging restaurant where the chefs would go out every day and to the local and everything you know and I've been to Amshire um here in 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 um well I was gonna say Dublin but it's in County Kildare in the Cliff at Lyons and that is an amazing foraging restaurant as well and obviously they've won two Michelin stars but they only uh, put food on the plate that is from the area or from from the island of Ireland essentially and they do incredible pickling and they do all these beautiful things during COVID I lived with my housemate and her her, her boyfriend was a chef um, and we used to do Friday feast nights and one night he did foraging he went down to St. Catharines and he made us nettle risotto with dandelion and yeah and like this wild garlic stuff and I mean it was just incredible the food that we ate that day from it's what amazing was grown what in you our can, what you can make like as part of my foraging walks um I teamed up with a local chef um in the area called Laura Teagan and Laura is a natural forager herself and she makes like preserves jams and cordials all out of like berries or elderflower and stuff like that so that's, that's her Teagan Streets is the name of her company and um so so together we created this lovely experience as part of the foraging walks so during the walk there's little surprise tasters of things that you can try and then at the end we do like this beautiful wild forage and local produce lunch that she puts together so everyone gets to try the plants that we've talked about along the way in a really really delicious way we would work with um, a local honey guy from ollie's farm so local honey honey bees that are buzzing around as we're walking (laughs) around you know what i mean Mm. and the honey from their bees um up the road from us as well there's dublin hills goat's cheese so they're all the local uh, local goat's cheese the most beautiful gorgeous local eggs and all that and um it's all contained in this gorgeous Mm. lunchbox Mm. and we'd make she'd make um, like a what you call ditch ditch drinks so it's like wild t- different teas that you would make from stuff that she forages and local uh, local uh, elderflower cordials that she makes herself and it's just this whole other level of connecting with nature like majority of the stuff that I forage for is for medicine mm. and for skincare but to be able to forage for food is such a beautiful thing mm. especially when you can make it taste so gorgeous and we're so lucky like I can remember a couple of years ago um, being up in um in little and there was a shortage of baby leaf spinach yes do you remember this time there was a there was a shortage of baby leaf spinach and there was two women arguing in little over this baby leaf spinach over the last bag of it and i'm like walking through the car park in little and there is nettle 
everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the, it's even better than the spinach. You yes. don't buy it and it's here. It's yes, everywhere. It's yes. everywhere. And so it's just like, I think there's, there's, um, there's power in a little bit of information because mm. then you can actually start using what's growing around totally you. I, I i like because like i was saying about the in the local landscapers you know the, i mean even my neighbor and i live in an, a, an apartment there's six apartments in our building um and my neighbors are this gorgeous polish family who are really green fingered and they have an allotment as well and they're always in the summertime they're just constantly in the allotment um but uh my neighbor we have a shared garden and so my neighbor carved out a little patch of the garden and she planted some beautiful plants there but she also planted some verbena and some rose Marie um but but like I say in the in the area in the the, the garden um, sort of the parks whatever there's so much rosemary and every time I'm in the local Aldi or the local little and I see someone picking up a packet a packet of plastic you know wrapped rosemary I feel like just knocking it out of their hand <laughs> and being like go look around like it's something like I can't wait to make a rose lamb and go and, and like everything zip on off yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Just all down from the local park yeah and the thing about the the ones that we buy in the shops is that they're grown fast to be used fast mm. so if you you try and keep them chances are they're going to die and mm. then you're going to be like oh I'm a plant killer I'm not able to keep even like a basil alive from super value or yeah. from a little thing is they're grown in these big greenhouses at a very specific temperature to make them grow super super fast so they can keep churning them out yeah. I um, have them on the on the shelves in the shop they're not made to survive sure. heaps of time so yeah the ones that you can actually find in the wild are going to be so much more vibrant and beautiful and will if you were to take a slip off them will transplant so much better into yeah, your garden. Yeah. Because they're made for being outdoors. And you, you know, talking about our dad's gorse reminds me of my dad all the time because I remember years ago being in Galway and saying to my dad, what is that? That plant, that bush looks like it's on fire because <laughs> it was just this vibrant yellow. And my dad going, oh, that's just a bit of gorse. And, I, and the way he said it in this real guttural kind of like Drimna accent way, like bit of gorse. And I remember th- hearing that word for the first time. But I know you make gorse wine, do you? Yeah, well, I'm a home brewer and I tend to make a lot of booze. <laughs> Brilliant. And this is the thing when you when when you're a home brewer, you tend to have lots of friends, especially <laughs> when you're bottling things. So yeah, I make lots. I make lots of booze out of out of out of um out of nature. So from like at the moment, I've got about twenty liters of mead in my hot press. Oh, fab! That's infused with rose hips and meadow sweet and beautiful plants. But yes, you can make gorse wine. Absolutely, wow. make gorse wine. And the beautiful thing about gorse, and if you are out and about on your walks and you see gorse, it's that gorgeous, really super vibrant yellow. Um, against the against a really amazing. dark green of, mm. of its spiky spiky leaves so just be careful with your little fingies but if you pick those little yellow little petals and put them into your hand and crush them slightly and smell your hand mm. smell mm. them in your hands they have the most pungent coconut smell mm. so when you make um yeah, co- uh, gorse wine it actually has a coconut flavor to wow. it yeah, it's yeah. really, really lovely. Like a bit of Malibu. <laughs> Listen, close your eyes and you feel like you're in Spain on your holidays <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I love it. And I think, but I think, like I say, what I was saying about the word foraging coming into my vocabulary was around sort of chefing. But I do think foraging, again, has probably got a bit of a bad rap because of magic mushrooms and, you know, things like that. Um um, but that being said, I see so many like mushrooms and things like that growing, and and there is this a fear as well around things because I and I and I wonder if it's I'm often analysing where society has maybe like gone wrong, I suppose, in terms of our attitudes towards towards nature. But I think you know, growing up, our parents would be like, you know, don't eat that and don't eat that and that's dangerous and don't put that in your mouth and you know this kind of thing. So we've sort of grown up with this inherent fear of wildlife um, because we're worried it's going to kill us or something. 
something, you know. Well, there, but like, well, the thing is, there are certainly ones that can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> they say you can eat every mushroom once, but some of them you'll never get to eat a second time around because it'll have you stone dead. But um, so I w- there's there's definitely merit to yes. having that fear. Yeah. And for me, I'd always say to people, unless you know exactly what you are picking, just just leave it. Yes. Don't go near it. Just put it down. Don't be even touching it. Um, particularly when it comes to mushrooms, because yeah. some of them are highly toxic yeah. and will have you stone dead but um and some and some plants will have you quite ill as yeah. well yeah. and or if you were to eat something that you like for example i did a talk last night and i was explaining to some people about how um elderberries who we, we see now around autumn time mm. and they're fantastic for your immune system but the seeds that are inside them contain cyanide mm. like mm. Cy- cyanide <laughs> and they were like what but then you can't have them but if you cook them they're totally fine because yes. that's, that's that same grade of cyanide is actually in apple pips mm-hmm. as well but we don't eat them no but if you're eating a well, tiny i was little... told that if i ate them a tree would grow in my belly well, <laughs> i was about to say you look a bit leafy today but, <laughs> but it is just one of those things of knowing what you are picking and yeah. if you d- if you're not a hundred percent yeah just but it's don't. like that i mean i use nutmeg uh, in the chili that i made and i made some one for my, my friend years ago when we lived in london and he felt terrible pains in his tummy afterwards and turns out i used just a little bit too much nutmeg and i looked it up and saw that it also is poisonous yeah, right yeah, if you have too much that's that's just it it's like that a little of everything goes a long way do you know what yeah. I mean? but some people do have more serious reactions to other to some plants than other people will like at this at this stage now i do be i pick nettles with my bare hands i don't i don't use gloves or anything that i don't get stung if you were to stick your hand into a bunch of nettles it'll probably be very very different experience for you i was only showing you earlier i tend to usually usually have wounds all over me from climbing in bushes i think half the people in fear house in the area like oh there's your one in the ditch again (laughs) look at her she's halfway up a bloody tree but it's it's just that it's it's it's, it's just part of my world you know what i mean i'm naturally curious i think i probably would have been the child that would have been brought up on my parents wouldn't have necessarily told me that right don't do that it's dangerous i would have been the one in the muck and put playing with worms yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but um it is that kind of thing where especially when only from knowing yes you, but it's like with everything i mean you know like you, certain fish you can't eat 100%. you know animals yeah. per, you know things yeah like you know we we do need to be kind of careful of, about that i suppose um, i did a foraging walk about two or three weeks ago and there's a lady she goes and as we're walking along she goes oh my god look there's a gorgeous big clump of wild garlic and she went to go over and pick it up and i was like no 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 they were lords and ladies that are like highly poisonous will burn your hands if you pick them but she was like oh it's wild garlic oh god it can be mistaken for that. Oh God! So unless you're hundred percent right. certain, just keep your be, finger, be keep careful. your little fingers away from it. Yeah, <laughs> and like I say, you know, at the start of the podcast, I did go and forage some wild garlic, and but I like people were looking at me like I was mad. Like, do you know, like what is she doing? Like, I mean, I did have one of Molly's little poop bags, which is what I was actually putting it into yeah. as well. You know, but like <laughs> you could tell that people were kind of like, uh, isn't it a bit sad though that people sad. see that? Yeah. I see someone like like foraging or connecting with nature or collecting what's there and think what's your one up to she yeah. loses in her mind I get it all the time yeah but it's just like this is 
this is my world this yeah. is what I do so yeah but this is our world yeah. this is this is the world that we all live in and I you know I I am really inspired now from from this talk to learn more and to uh dip you my toes to come more along on one of my no walks. I'm a hundred percent going to come along on one of your walks I just need to uh, do it in my <laughs> in my diary um and and figure out when the next one I know there's one in May tell us when when are they so well the May one is sold out I have one there's a couple of tickets left for the one in June I have a few tickets left for the one in August so the summer will be sold out pretty quickly but I also do um group ones so if you wanted to gather a group of friends together um if you want or you can if you want like the majority of people who come along on my tours actually come on their own they don't come with a friend yeah brilliant they are solo people doing things with with other people you know what I mean? yeah. and it's really nice because you're there with, with like-minded people yeah and um but i do it for different groups i could do it for like hindu if you want to do something for that's a bit different you know Love it. um and or like like i'm doing one work girls gone wild um as well and i have lots of different ones that are coming up over the summer but they will be my main key ones Love it. the end of june and the end of august um but they're just really really nice days out bit of crack sometimes you get a song out of me sometimes you get a poem out of me <laughs> really depends on you <laughs> Oh my god, love it, love it! I said that sounds so um, um, it's a bit amazing, of and the folklore element of it as well, like it's just so. Like I was recently up in Cologne Distillery up in County Armagh, and they have, um, they're at the foothills of of uh, the I can't remember what mountain it's called now, but um, they have like a guy who comes with like illin pipes and kind of sings songs uh, to oh like sing songs to the whiskey and you know isn't it like lovely? That. It just it absolutely I I I feel I always feel that when I'm surrounded by stuff like that. It, it's almost speaking to like this ancestral part of oh me. Oh my God, totally. That there's something that my body or my brain does that goes, this feels right. Yeah. This feels like something that I know feels like a homely thing. Um, I'm from a family of storytellers. Yeah. My aunt, my, my aunt's a store as a, as a tour guide, she's always around the country and she just be like that telling stories and uh, all of my family for, from, from Dublin city. So it's, we're, it's naturally in us yes. to have that storytelling, to have that, you know, wanting to share, um, an L song mm. and, or, or an, or, or an L poem or mm. a little, little limerick or something like that. Mm. It's very much in, in my, in my makeup. And like, so if I'm around that and see that, at other events or whatever I'm like oh, I'm home <laughs> and particularly from an Irish perspective I mean I wish I knew more of the Irish language but I, I imagine Irish language being so um, you know from nature really like the how yeah. we describe things is really what we see what we saw and like, it's like it's, words it's, for things it's are amazing just... like there's there's one plant that always comes to my mind and um uh it's the plantain is one of the one of the most most abundant plants we have it's long like a big spear with a black kind of flower on the top of it and its irish name is slan loose mm. and slan mean goodbye mm. and loose so pain goodbye pain oh wow so like it's just how these words have wow these lovely meanings and wow. how these things have come about i think and i love bringing that element into it as well is it a painkiller yeah oh wow. yeah 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 wow um and, and my, my favorite one of all is called yarrow and it's uh, irish name is ahar haloon which means father of all, all herbs oh wow and it's a healing herb so it's just it's just really wow. lovely to be able to have this connection <laughs> so emotional i know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's the big daddy um yeah, no it's, it's just lovely to have that little connection of where where we fit yes. and our history fits in with what's growing around us all the time because these same plants were here thousands of years ago yeah they've lasted the test of time and it's lovely to be able just to honor that little history that they have as well mm. yeah absolutely that's amazing where can people find you 
Yeah, well, um, my website is forager.ie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I will I sell my products from there. You can book your tickets for my events there. Um, I'm also, you'll find me on Ireland AM. I'm usually on once a month and I chat about wild plants and geek out about nature. <laughs> um, I write for the Dublin Gazette. I, I write a nature column for them as well. But generally, if, you, if you're on Instagram, it's at forager.ie and Facebook, for, uh, forager.ie everywhere. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Such a beautiful brand that you've built. And I know you're going to enter the Irish Made Awards if you haven't already. Yes, yeah. are, my name's already in the hat. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. That's exactly the type of businesses that we want to see entering these, you know, homegrown from your kitchen that, you know, fulfill a need and find a gap and do wonderful things that help people it's uh, it's an amazing brand and business that you've that you've built but you are also an, a, a really effervescent beautiful lovely person oh, my best and one yeah the best one <laughs> <laughs> and it's been such a lovely chat and I'm like I always say I feel inspired at the end of all of these chats that I have but I really do feel inspired uh, and I want to get out into the nature now and uh, it's a beautiful sunny day outside I know so. that's like literally when I when I go home now this evening I'm going to be going up to the allotment stick my wellies back on me and I'll go up the allotment with Sika whether I do any work is another story but I'll get up there and I'll just enjoy being oh, outdoors and no. so if that if there's anything that you take from this chat it's just be outside and listen and feel and breathe and slow your heart rate and just enjoy what's around you absolutely and that it's okay to do it on your own you can absolutely do it on your own actually <laughs> I, I recommend it because other people will just keep chatting to you <laughs> and then you don't get to have that peace so do it on your, definitely do it on your own <laughs> amazing thank you so much Phoebe. thank you